Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Kat. And I'm Jess. And today we'll be discussing Burn For Me by Alona Andrews. But before we get started, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app so others can find us. We'd also like to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at the PHX Nest Pod and on Twitter at PHX Pod. You'll find those links as well as a link to our blog and email address in the show notes. Now, to our book. Uh, this book was chosen by Jess. It's my birthday month, yeah. so I picked it. So, happy birthday. It was Thanks. like a little over a week ago. Yep. No big deal. I'm old. It's yeah. fine. It's just like this thing we started doing, but all of our birthdays are at the end of the year. Yeah, like so, in a really weird way. Yeah, we're all like in a row. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It, it's just... A lot. Strange. I don't know. Anyways, this was her first birthday month pick. We'll get to her second one at the end of our podcast when we talk about what we're doing next. Yes. Um, But why did you pick this one? I picked this because earlier this year, a friend of mine, she knows that I really like paranormal Uh sci-fi fantasy stuff, and she only reads paranormal romance. That's all she reads. She's like, you have to read this book. And I'm like, listen. I didn't like the other Alona Andrews series that you made me read. <laughs> um, it was the Kate Daniel series. And I have since changed my mind. I do like that book, but it took a couple books to get into it before I was like, okay. See, I, can't, I just don't like that. So I listened to her, Brittany. I listened to you, you son of a bitch. And I listened, <laughs> I read this book. And then the next thing I know, I was like, I would do anything for Matt Rogan and Nevada Baylor. I loved this series. <laughs> Fair enough. It was a really weird, it was a really weird thing too because I had such a massive hate for the other series I didn't like the characters at all so she was like you have to read this one I'm like okay but you told me I had to read Kay Daniels and I didn't like it yeah but she said this one's totally different and I immediately picked it up and she was right it is totally different well, I'm glad that you tried it because I ended up liking this too, but we'll get to, you know, all the reasons why we like this book in a minute. Um, because you're going to read us a synopsis. Oh, I am going to read us your a synopsis. Turn. All right. Nevada Baylor is faced with the most challenging case of her detective career, a suicide mission to bring in a suspect in a volatile situation. Nevada isn't sure she has the chops. Her quarry is a prime, the highest rank of magic user, who can set anyone and anything on fire. Then she's kidnapped by Connor Mad Rogan, a darkly tempting billionaire with equally devastating powers. Torn between wanting to run and wanting to surrender to their overwhelming attraction, Nevada must join forces with Rogan to stay alive. Rogan's after the same target, so he needs Nevada. But she's getting under his skin, making him care about someone other than himself for a change. And, as Rogan has learned, love can be as perilous as death, especially in the magic world. Okay, so... I feel that maybe the synopsis is a little bit misleading. Just a little bit. Because um, this is not the magic, like, what you think magic is going to be, and that kind of threw me off. This is not Harry Potter magic. No, it's not at all Harry Potter, which is fine. Like, I don't need it to be Harry Potter magic. But the adjustment of thinking of different levels of magical, mm-hmm. not just beings, but, like, people that have inherited magic in their bloodline is yeah. a lot different. So that was a struggle for me. But also on the back of that book, <laughs> okay, there's a part where it talks about how he's, like, falling for her and stuff. But you almost never see his side. It's very, like, Bella versus Edward written. Yes. And so you only see Nevada's side. And so you don't see him 
falling the way that it's described, and you don't really get to understand him very well until the very end anyways. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal, but it's a little bit misleading on the back. It's a little bit misleading, however. This is a trilogy that has okay, not but I don't care that it's a trilogy, Jessica. I know, We've you talked don't about care. This. But um, I picked this one because I didn't want to have to make you read a whole trilogy to talk about the whole trilogy. Uh-huh. But the later on, you do find that he's got much more in the way of feelings for Nevada. Um, but the first one is, it's not super heavy on the romance. No. Which is fine, because there was a lot of action. There's so much action. Yeah. And I think that's why I liked it. Because there was more action than there was romance. Because as we know, I did not come from a romance background. Did not read romance. Right. I read sci-fi fantasy. With some, like, maybe romance peppered in. Yeah. Yeah, which but, is totally fine. Yeah, never, like, super heavy on the romance. So I liked it for that reason. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it wasn't like, oh my god, they're gonna fuck on every page. No, and I am finding that lately I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's too much. Like, it's funny, though, because we were talking about last night trying to pick our Christmas books, you know, Uh because that's coming up, and talking about, wow, we really need something that has, like, decent sex scenes in it. It would be okay if they said cock. But then we couldn't find anything. Because everything that you had in your garage was, like, an inspirational Christian romance based on Christmas. Where they kiss, and it's like... Oh, they're going to get married now. So many fade to blacks. So I was, many. like, disappointed. Like, there was a... Okay, so I did find a sex scene when I was reading last night, but it wasn't a good one. Oh, no. That was one where it kept saying her mouth was sweet and warm. Ew! And I was like, okay, but, like, are we talking about her mouth? <laughs> yeah. Sweet and warm. Um, that sounds fucking disgusting. Yeah. So I think it was okay because they had so much tension in their professional relationship. Yeah. Just because she didn't trust him, wouldn't trust him, couldn't trust him. And he is kind of used to that. And so he's like, you know what, fuck it. I don't care if people don't like me, don't. But they will respect me, you well, know? the whole reason why she doesn't trust him is because he is, like, a terrifying crime. Like, they we find out why. Oh, yeah. He has, like, weird crisscross magic shit going on. And he's got some crazy fucked up shit and going on. And he can't control himself. No. Which I feel like. That's, like, the worst part of it. <laughs> he, so he goes by Mad Rogan because of the way his magic appears and how yeah. he's used his magic. The government has used him. And he's just this huge, crazy, like, super powerful uh-huh. human, and everyone's afraid of him. And um, that's understandable. Yeah. He's big and he's imposing to begin with. And I want to point out, who is that on the cover? That, okay, so the person on the cover makes me really upset. Because in my brain, that's not Mad Rogan. No. That's who? To you. Who would that represent better? Oh, God. In the book. Pierce. Yeah. That would be Adam Pierce. That's Adam Pierce. That's the the evil guy. The villain. But, like, think about the description. Dark. No shirt. Ever. Yeah. Really intense facial expression. Yeah. That would be Pierce. That is not Mad Rogan. And so, like, throughout the book, I was complaining, too, because throughout the book, I would read about Mad Rogan. First of all, I completely forgot his name was Connor, and then it's thrown in at the end. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is Connor? Like, who am I reading about right now? Oh, wait, it's Mad Rogan. It's Mad Rogan. he's fighting with Augustine. Uh-huh. Fine. Whatever. But then I'm, like, reading and reading, and I'm like, for sure I don't know what this guy looks like. So I look at the cover, I'm like, that is not him. Like, I told you, I was like, that's not him on the no. cover. No. In my head, I know this is wrong. I know it's 100% wrong because the description isn't there. Like, fair. But in my head, he's like this really imposing, large, white, bald man for some reason. 
See, and I... I don't know why. (laughs) See, I feel like he's as big as The Rock, but doesn't look like The Rock. And this guy, this guy is not that large. So, because if you look, Nevada's supposed to be small. Yes. She's also supposed to be pretty, but that's like, aside from her having blonde hair, and then like how her eyes look, there's no other description of her other than her lineage, and that threw me off too, because I really suck at describing characters in my own writing, so I get it, it's hard. Yeah. But... If the only word you're going to use to describe your heroine is pretty, that means so many things. And it drove me nuts. here's how I feel about when you leave a character's description open for interpretation. Yeah. I can then make whoever that character is look like whoever I want them to look like. Right. And that's totally fine. Because when you turn things into shows or cartoons or movies, then you have a huge issue because it's not how other people imagine it. And that's the problem with leaving it open-ended. So if you don't intend for this ever to be live action, cool, fine, yeah. whatever. But if the only word you use is pretty, pretty. I need a little bit more. I need so, a little bit more than pretty. The other issue that I have, though, is we get a description of what Augustine looks like. So Augustine is the head of um, Montgomery Investigative blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, he's the head of that. I didn't like that, by the way. In my head, I'd be like, M-I-I. <laughs> I always felt wrong. I was like, me. Because <laughs> it's the same spelling as, like, the we. we. <laughs> and you can make a me. Exactly. Oh, my God. But they give a description of what Augustine looks like, and I'm sorry, he does not look like that in my head. As far as I'm concerned, like, in the book, he's a blonde-haired white man. To me, he's a bald black man. Okay. I could, but see, I don't. I don't picture that at all. I picture, um, like, a like, gray, close-cropped hair. Okay. Like, really, like, rich, gentleman, yeah. like, modern, white guy. That's okay. what I Were you Were you picturing a salt and pepper daddy? Kind of. Yeah. That's, Ooh. I can see that. It's a really gross description. Especially but it's with the way that they describe their faces being magically altered so they look smooth all the time. So that's Augustine's power. Yeah. That's, like, because yeah. it's masking. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, it's just one of those things where I was like, that doesn't fit. So the only one that fit was Grandma Frida. I'm totally down for Grandma Frida. Fucking love Grandma Frida. I will die for Grandma Frida. (gasps) And Romeo. Oh, God. Her tank. I love it so much. (laughs) I want to know more about her for sure. But like, just as we go through this book, so we kind of jumped right in and we didn't even start at the beginning. No. But Nevada Baylor owns her, she runs her family's private investigative Mm -hmm. practice and they're like owned like under this umbrella of the montgomery investigative blah 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 blah. international or whatever i can't remember what it stands for but it's mii yes and um so she gets called in and they're like listen we have this job for you and you have to do it or your company gets like liquidated we're yeah we're taking over everything yeah and you can't have it back and whatever and she like gets really upset because she knows that they're sending her after Adam Pierce. And Adam Pierce is like this out of control, spoiled rich boy Ugh. whose parents are like, but he doesn't know any better. Which is or, bullshit. Like, you know, go easy on him. He's just our baby or whatever. Which is not how the world works. Like, he, he fucking just deserves everything he gets. He's an adult. But so he's the one that's lighting everything on fire because that's his thing. He's a fire, is it mage? Yeah, he's like, like a pyrotechnic mage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Pyro- pyrokinetic mage. That's- Okay, that's what I think of is the kinetic thing. I get why it's yeah. there, but you don't ever see that word in real life. No. So when you talk about kinetics, it's different. But yeah, I get it. 
Well, and the um, whole thing with Adam Pierce, the re- reason why they're trying to find him is because they've got video footage of him lighting a building on fire and it killed a man. Yeah. And his family. And his injured family? his family. And they injured his hospital. family. Yeah. His two children and his wife. Yeah. They were coming to visit him for dinner or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he has an accomplice in this. Yes. And it's a young man. Yes. And this young man is. Gavin Waller. And he's related to. Matt, Matt Rogan. Rogan. But through like weird family bloodline stuff. Where it doesn't really... It's his... Like, he doesn't care. His like doesn't, cousin... It it's his cousin Kelly's son. Yeah, and they used to be, like, best friends growing up, and then he got too powerful, and, and she, she didn't have magic. Well, she got disowned. She yeah. And so, like, there's this, like, huge break in the family, because it's really, like, it's really old school, like, Victorian England. It's, it's like, we disown you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, okay. it's classist. It's, you would hate to be just a normal mortal. Yeah. In this in this series, you would hate to be immortal. You just die out like well, so easy. And not even that. It's that there's the way the class system works. If you are of a certain magic level and yeah. you marry someone below you, they immediately disown you. If you're like of a giant large prime house, yeah, and you marry below you, you're you fucking run out. the city, you're wealthy, you have like this obligation to keep your bloodline strong. And there's just all these like really old school rules. Yeah. Very, very much Victorian England. It's really weird. But wasn't it was it interesting to you to see the way the class system kind of worked outside of a Regency romance? It was because it was very modern. And because there was a very, very close inter like networking of government officials, which wouldn't necessarily be magic and laws, Mm because you still have to follow laws. Yeah. And then you had the magic folk who are also thrown in there but also help control the city so it's like weird territorial boundaries yeah this is my area well and they also say that you have regular law Mm -hmm. but then there's house law and that kind of overrules regular law because like adam pierce should have been arrested but mortals can't arrest him because he's a pyrokinetic and he's a prime. So a magic person has to bring him in because he's a prime, and he shouldn't be a prime. Yeah. Because he's the youngest in his family, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But they have to bring him to his family, mm-hmm. not to jail, which nope. is also weird. That's because but the family hired MII to so bring him back before the police get so him. So much. There's a lot going on in this book, and there is so much action. Yeah. I mean, at one point, um, the ha- the warehouse that they live in gets set on fire, yeah. and that's pretty upsetting. They think Grandma Frida died. And she didn't. She didn't, thank God. She didn't. She's still kicking. She's such a sassy old lady. I love it. I love her. I love her so much. But, yeah, so we have these two characters, and it's a very weird, almost love triangle, mm-hmm. but only because of Adam Pierce. And we haven't read a ton of love triangle stuff. The last one I can remember, it was swept away with Tony Blake. Yeah, and that and was that a was weird. kind of like an almost non-existent triangle yeah. because the, the third character was like not there till the end. Yeah, the fiancé didn't um, come until the very end. But this is a little bit different because Adam Pierce is like your, oh god, he's like your classic bad boy. And part of me is like, yes, fuck him. Like, do it, Nevada. <laughs> because he's like such a smooth talker and you you know he's like trying to like, get her. Yeah, but he's trying to do it for it to benefit himself. It's not because he's interested in her. Oh, yeah. No, he's like, oh, you told me no? Well, we're gonna fix that. But he, like, throws fireballs into her bedroom window to get her attention, and he's like, I could just... He's the bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. But the the thing is, Mad Rogan is also kind of the bad boy. But he's the... Oh, God, I hate that I'm gonna say this. He's the Fifty Shades of Grey bad boy. 
Oh, he's, he's messed up on the inside, and he's real wealthy, <laughs> and everyone's afraid of him. He's the par- he's the paranormal Christian Grey. Yeah. Oh, better the better version though. He oh. he doesn't seem to be such an asshole. Christian Grey was gross as a he character. He was way but. abusive. Yes. Um, but we'll talk about that at some other point. Okay. Um. Anyway, so we've got these three people. Mm-hmm. Adam Pierce is definitely like who you would go for in high school. He rides a motorcycle. He's often shirtless. He shows off his magic in, like, really awful ways. Yeah. Yeah, He just likes attention. He's the one that your mom and dad are begging you not to go out with. Yeah. But you do it anyway. Because because... he's been in jail, like, three times already. Yeah. He's 16. Like, (laughs) he's, like, one of those. But then you have Mad Rogan, who's, like, seen some shit. And he knows he's messed up. And he knows that he's just, like, I don't know, almost unworthy yeah. Of certain interactions, not even love, just like interactions with humans. Well, and because he's done some mm-hmm. shit. It's not just seen some shit. He's been forced to do some shit. Yeah. And it, he clearly has PTSD. Yeah. Very clearly. So it's kind of a weird dichotomy between the two characters. And it's almost like, for most of the book, I liked neither of them. Okay. I was like, they're both terrible for different reasons. They're both terrible. But by the end, you're like, Mad Rogan just needs cuddles. <laughs> I couldn't stand Mad Rogan for like the first couple chapters. He's in your head. Does he have like a really gravelly voice? Yes, almost like um, like a Keanu Reeves kind of thing. Going okay, on. I want you to know that I listened to this on audiobook. Okay, uh-huh. because I love this series so much, I have all of the books on sure audio. You do. Um, and I was listening to it on audio, and I forgot that it was set in Texas. And so the audiobook narrator gives him a real slow kind of drawl. That's going to be, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not Mad Rogan. Stop talking like that for him. I don't like this at all. See, this is like why I can't watch music videos. I can't read or listen to audiobooks because when they do something I don't like, I'm like, but my, in my head it's different. <laughs> in my head it's so different. It's better. <laughs> it's, I mean, I like audiobooks, but sometimes if you've got a narrator who kind of just takes their own road and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because, like, Nevada doesn't have an accent when she talks, according to the But he's book. real old school. He comes from old, old money. Yeah. And his, that's probably part of it, too. And his house is really big and really mm-hmm. pretty, and I want to live in it. But yeah. only if I can live in it with Mad Rogan. So, okay. So we have... She's given this assignment to go get Adam Harris, and she's like, you know, this is Descendants. And Augustine is like, yeah, well, you Not have the best, like, intake rate, which is, like, 90%, which is great. But it's only because she goes for skips that she knows she can get. They go for, like, cheaters. Which is, like, something I would do. I'd be like, I can get this person. You just watch me. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a super Stephanie Plum kind of a thing. Like, yeah, if we this go back reminds to that. me a lot of Stephanie Plum. Okay. Where you have the real badass guy and then the kind of bad boy guy. Yeah. And you have an impossible task and you almost die a lot. Yeah. That's very Stephanie Plum. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so she's like, fine, I'll do it. Like, and she, like, signs the contract and she makes this, like, backup plan. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go after him. And then she meets with Adam Pierce in a park. And that's when he's like, I really like you, blah, blah, whatever. He's like hitting on her. And then he's like, I got to go. And he leaves. Yeah. And then Mad Rogan shows up and kidnaps her. Well, first off, she has to go sit down. Why? Because he knows that she just saw Adam Pierce. Yeah. And he's in on it, too, because his cousin Kelly at the very, 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 very beginning, the prologue. Yeah. She comes to him and says, I need your help. Gavin's in trouble. And he's like, okay. First of all, if Gavin's in trouble because he's hanging out with an asshole, then he deserves to be in trouble. Maybe you should have raised a better kid. Okay. Oops. If you can't make good decisions on your own, then what's the point of me trying to make 
you. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Anyways, Gavin sucks. Gavin sucks. But so does Adam. He's a little spineless. Yeah. Adam is just out of control, and he's like, look, this kid thinks I'm cool. Well, and not only that, they they tell Adam's um, parents, like his mom and his family, don't give him money. And his mom is like, but how else is he going to live? He can't live like a poor person. And it, an immigrant. An immigrant. That's what she calls that's it. That's what she calls it. Oh, it was so bad when she said that. And I liked that and they addressed she, it. She meant vagrant. Yes. They addressed how she said it. It was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. This is in my mind how like, filthy rich people are. Oh, filthy rich people. But like, so filthy rich that like, you don't ever do anything for yourself. Filthy rich. Well, like, so Not fil- just like you're, you got money. Well, not even that, but, like, so filthy rich that everything is beneath you. If it's not on your level, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's poor people speak. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Um, so he kidnaps her. Yeah. Chains her up and is going to do this magic so that she tells him all of the things. Yes. She tells him all the truths that he wants about Adam Pierce because he needs to find Adam Pierce and Adam Waller. And he's like, she knows. She just talked to him. She has to know something. Yeah. But... Nevada Baylor, even though she's not marked as a prime, has crazy strong gifts that she doesn't even understand. And she fights him <gasps> through this magic. It through was this so intense. Spell. And you're like, but she shouldn't be able to do that. She should yeah. just be this weakling. But she doesn't just fight back and like block him. She turns it on him at some point in the yeah. story. And is the way it's described is like she's squeezing him mm-hmm. to get information with her mind, and he actually breaks at some point and like succumbs to her her vice like grip on his mind and gives her what she wants, you know, verbally. Yeah, and then she like releases him, and he's like a disaster. But that was it's taking so weird. <laughs> but that was taking someone who was really strong down a peg uh-huh. from someone who they believe is considered a quote-unquote average of, she is, you know, of she average. She's a human lie detector. Her yeah. thing is that she can tell if people are lying or not. Yeah. And so she'll be like throughout the story, she's like, my magic pings yes, and then she's like, lie, not lie. Like, whatever. Yeah. But then as we go through the story, we're finding that that's not actually true. Nope. She's not a human lie detector. She has way more at her disposal than she's ever been taught. And we're led to believe that that is hugely on purpose by her parents because, okay, so this is my theory, is that she is accidentally somehow born a prime. Okay. And that's my theory. I know you already read this book, so whatever. I've read the whole series, but... That's what I mean. Yeah. But whatever. Just because she shouldn't have that amount of power. And her grandmother has a lot more power than she's given credit for as well. Because even though she's in the military, she can control a lot more than she should be able to. She's a mechanical mage or whatever they're Mm -hmm. called. And Grandma Frieda's the shit. And I don't don't care for anybody else. I like how she's just a fan. She's like, just live a little. And it's like, oh my God, no. When when she asks if, um, when Nevada goes and sees Adam, she's like, did you get a picture? Mm -hmm. She's like, what? She's like, well, did you get a picture with him? Um, Grandma Frieda's really in on that. She is a total fangirl for a lot of people like Mad Rogan and later on in the series there's a couple other characters that she's like well, did you get a picture it's funny though because she's a badass like oh she Nevada's family is actually full of badasses they are and that's and it's really strange well but it was really interesting because we've had all these romances that we've read where the f- main female character is a helpless and she can't do anything on her own and it's so hard oh my God. but now we have a whole family who's like fuck you I can hold my own in any situation and it's really also a little bit different because on paper this family is struggling 
Yeah. On paper, they can barely keep a roof over their head. Mm-hmm. They are not hugely magical as a whole. No. And the only reason this is working is because they continue to work so hard. Yeah. But then the more you get to know the characters, you're like, hang on a second. You're telling us, like, you're way more magical than other people are. They're leading everyone to believe that they are not... They're, well, first off, they're not a house. They have not ever right. claimed house status, ever. Right. Um, they kind of fly under the radar. Yeah. And take the little menial jobs for the PI service. Uh-huh. Um, but you've got Grandma Frida, who's really good with vehicles. Like, yeah. oh, give Grandma Frida a vehicle and she's the happiest person ever. Because they talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've got um, the mom, Penelope. Mm-hmm. She she's a sharpshooter. She's a sharpshooter. She can hit anything. Yeah. Then you've got Burn, the cousin, and he's an intelligent like computer whiz. He looks yeah. like a giant jock, like who would play football. But he's right. like leave him in the 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 hut as they call it, and let him play with his computers, and he's happy. Yeah. And then you've got oh god, what's the other cousin's name? It starts with an L. I'm blanking completely. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so terrible. Um, the other cousin, it's Burn's little brother. And I can't remember his name right now because, of course, I can't. Um, But he doesn't really have magic right now because he's still kind of young. He's still a teenager. He's like 15. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Nevada's little sisters, Catalina and Arabella. Yeah. And you don't really know what their powers are. No, they don't talk about it. No, but you learn later on that they're pretty powerful as well. Yeah. And you've got Nevada who's... A human lie detector, as she says, but you learn that she's got more to her. But she also doesn't tell anyone what her magic is. No. Which is really interesting, too, because normally you think that everyone would want what they have. But she doesn't tell Mad Rogan. He figures it out for himself. Well, and the reason why she doesn't say anything is because she's been taught her whole life that if you say anything, the government will take you and they will use you until you can't do it anymore. Yeah. And... The whole part of them being who they are is that they have to stick to the job until uh-huh. it's done. Yeah. They have to, um, they only shoot if they have to. Mm-hmm. So they're not intentionally killing people. And at the end of the day, they have to be able to look themselves in the mirror. Yeah. And so for them, I think holding back Nevada from whatever her power is, is to be able to allow herself to look at herself in the mirror at the end of the day. Yeah. Because they those are know. Their, those are their family rules. Yeah. Their family rules, yeah. And the, the family rules go throughout the entirety of the series. They always, always, always live by the family rules. I'm going to find this fucking cousin's name if it kills me. I can't remember it, and it's making me hurt on the inside. I don't like it. I'll find Leon? Yeah. There we go. His name is Leon. It just came to me out of nowhere. But... The whole storyline, yeah, I felt was really good. Oh yeah, it was never really boring. No, um, and even though it lacked a lot of like sexual tension, which is kind of what a lot of romance is, there was enough tension just in the way that they worked mm-hmm. that it was okay. Well, and also it's... we just Mad Rogan has a lot of power. Yes, and one of them is a sexy power. What the fuck? Oh, where he can start strip making you strip your clothes he off. He can make you come. Yeah, he can. What the fuck? That's terrifying. <laughs> That's so scary. You don't you don't want someone to just look you dead in the eyes and, and make it happen no. for you? No. no. <laughs> I don't want that. That's too much. That's too scary. No, but like that's like weird to know. 
that that's, you have that power. That's how powerful he is. He's that powerful. He has all the powers. Except, like, fire me. Well, he can slice a building in half just by looking at it. Yeah, and he can shave slivers off of chapsticks. That, was that not the most terrifying thing you've ever read? To make it float in midair and rotate so that he could shave it off. Yeah, a little just shave. Like, that's how precise his magic is. Which is terrifying. It's scary. Imagine Mad Rogan coming after you. So you can understand why Nevada is distrusting. Oh, for sure. One wrong turn with him because he doesn't trust, like, anybody, mm-hmm. and you're just dead. Yeah. One of the biggest things that shows us that he's, like, a human person on the inside, where it counts, mm-hmm. is his employees. His employees are all past military personnel. Yep. And he takes over, and it sounds really weird, he takes over their lives, essentially. He pays their debts so that they're indebted to him. Mm-hmm. He makes sure they have, like, the best medical care because he knows that there is a huge chance they could die or be severely injured in the line of work. And he demands that they do exactly what he expects of them yep. without question. Yeah. And Nevada, at many points, is like, you're just too controlling. You don't give people the respect they deserve because all humans are human and you just kill and you don't care and all this stuff. But in reality, he he does care. And that's why he doesn't do what he does anymore. And she, even at the end, is just like, mm, no. Well, he cares so much. Right. That it's almost too much. Right. And that's why he does the things he does. And it took me a while, the first time I read it, yeah. to kind of understand why he does what he does. Mm-hmm. But then... I read, obviously, I read the rest of the series. Oh, yeah, stop through that, read the rest of the series. Sorry. But through that, you you learn more and more why he does it. He feels too much for people. Mm-hmm. And I, it's kind of like his penance yeah. for what he's done in the past with the military, with the government. Which makes sense. Because a lot of what he did with the military in the descriptions from this first book, it comes off more as he didn't understand what he's doing. Yeah. And it's very underscale. He didn't know that he was going to be slaughtering all these people. He knew he was destroying buildings. Yeah. But he didn't understand because he was supposed to be showing his power uh-huh. and whether or not he could control it and see if his supervisors could control him in turn. Yep. That he, you know, was doing all this stuff and it was more of a not understanding that he was actually making an impact versus showing what he could do. Yeah. And that's like a huge differentiation that Nevada seems to not understand, even okay. though she's seen the video. Yeah. Even though she's met him. And that's really difficult. That's because he's got this reputation as just being this scary asshole. Asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's scary. Like, if you think about it, he's terrifying. Oh, for sure. If you saw him and you knew who he was, you'd be like, no, mm, thank you. No. And especially, like, if you just saw him down the street and you didn't know who he was. He's just this large, imposing person. Yeah. He radiates. First still off, still bald in my head. He's still bald in your head? It doesn't matter how many times I read that description. He's still fucking bald. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I uh, Probably for the same reason why I think Augustine is a bald black man and not a blonde white man. So weird. It's it's bizarre. I don't get it. It's just because my brain was like, fuck these descriptions. Make your own. But I feel like if the description had been stronger, I wouldn't have struggled so much. Probably. Because I feel like that's something that in previous books that we've read, when I can accurately or even close to accurately picture what a character looks like, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, if we think about Alicia Rye and her descriptions versus Jasmine Guillory and her descriptions, that was our biggest issue. That was, like, so Alicia Rye is, like, the top tier of... The cream of the crop? She is, like, who you aspire to be as a human being in regards to, like, writing style. Right. And then there's 
Jasmine Guillory, who's down at the bottom, who writes eighth grade fan fiction. I didn't like the book. I'm I know sorry. But so I'm saying the vagueness yeah. versus the not so precise that it's annoying, but precise enough that you're like, Okay, I get it. You have a, an actual mm-hmm. like image in your head. She like, builds that image for you. I don't need to know what their you. breath smells like all the time, but no. I like to know what color their eyes are and what their hair looks like. Why do Why do romance novels have to describe? Because at some point, their tongues are going to be in each other's mouths, and you don't want to be like, "Oh man, they just ate pizza." <laughs> <laughs> They're always minty fresh. This mouth was hot and tasted like garlic. Yeah, I mean it's accurate for real life if you think about it. The only time someone's no. mouth is going to be minty is if they've just chewed gum, had a mint, or just brushed their teeth. I'm I'm reviewing in my head if I've ever had weird, like, kiss taste. I can guarantee you right now, if either one of us got a kiss from anyone, their, <laughs> their expectation would be going in thinking it would be great and coming out going, they taste like dim sum. Okay, but my mouth doesn't taste like anything right now. Oh, no, because... That donut cleared out any, <laughs> cleared, any other Cleared out taste. the shumai in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, such a good day. Um, great day. I'm trying to th- I don't think I've ever had, like, a really off-putting taste. Oh, maybe, oh, like, oh. Maybe, like, smoke. That sound you just made says otherwise. I was like... Like, yeah, I've kissed a smoker. My ex-husband's a smoker. What weed? Oh, I've never had a weed smoker. Oh, do we need to cut that whisper out? No. Okay. I yeah. It's a very long time ago. It's still weird. It's still weird. I've never had a weed kiss. I've, a food kiss is really gross. Always. So the benefit of like the weed kiss is that it goes away. Okay. Like it's not a permanent taste. Whereas, like I imagine, I've never kissed a cigarette smoker. It's gross. That I can remember. Yeah, it's know? disgusting. My ex husband, like I said, he smoked, and it was fucking gross. Do you think it matters what they smoke? Because I feel like I'm so particular about the smells of cigarettes that I like and dislike. Like, there are two that I can guarantee you I'm okay with. Not that I, like, am looking to marry a smoke or anything. But there are some that just, I don't know what it is, it clings to people's skin. Marlboro. I like Marlboro. My dad smoked Marlboro. But only the, like, what are they, the bold or whatever? My Not dad smoked, my dad just smoked regular Marlboro Reds. I don't hate that one, but God, what's the one I hate? Cheap cigarettes. Newports are good. Anyways, long story short, I've never kissed a cigarette smoker. Have you ever kissed, I can remember. have you ever kissed anybody after smoking a cigarette? Like a Swisher Sweet? No. When I hung out with people that smoked this, I wasn't making out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be a different... That sounded weirdly sexual, but I wasn't having sex with them even <laughs> when I put that out there. It just, if you think about love, like, a, like a cigarello, it would be a different kind of kiss. Like compared it's, to a It's smoker. meant to be sweet. Yeah. And a lot of times I think like vanilla and grape and not oh like my God. tobacco. <laughs> I once had a guy come up to me at the, um, the gas station when it was the Valero on Houghton. Yeah. And he came up to me. He's like, Hey, if I give you like $3, will you go buy me a Swisher Sweet? And I was like, okay. He goes, oh, can you make sure it's grape? And I wanted to ask him. Who the fuck smokes a grape okay, cigarette? Because the wrappers kind of taste good. Like it leaves the grape flavor on your mouth. Oh, the yeah. peach one does it too. I wouldn't know. I've never had a cigarette. Well, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've definitely kissed people who have just been drinking. Yeah, I have. But that's I feel like that's, that's everybody. Different. Beer kisses aren't good. Ugh. Because beer doesn't taste good, so it doesn't taste good. Second. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, beer kisses are nasty. 
Anyways, we got real off topic. We sure did. And now a lot of people know a lot of things. So here's my question to you. How did you feel about the relationship between Rogan and Nevada as it went on? Um, so I completely understood where they started from. The beginning, they shouldn't trust each other. Mm -hmm. Someone that has a lot of money versus someone that has no money is already a really weird power dynamic. Yeah. But then someone who has a lot of money who's essentially taking over your, like, to-do list. Yeah. Is also really weird. So I could understand why she was, like, really pushing. Like, she was like, nope, not doing this unless I have to. Okay. I cannot believe I have to work with this man to get this other man. They're both terrible. Um, as it developed, though, they play off of each other really, really well. Mm-hmm. And not even, like, a sexual tension way, which is kind of nice. Because yeah. in other books where we've read, and it's only sexual tension, it gets really boring. Oh. You're like, oh my god, just have the sex. Like, just do it already. Like, get it out of the way, because clearly this is hard for both of you. Yeah. They didn't have this, because no. they were learning to mutually respect each other, which is something that when we read and they fuck in the first ten pages, we don't get that. No. And so they had to respect each other because they're in a similar line of work, and because they were going after the same person, essentially. And so that yeah. was important, too. So, for you, you were okay with the development of the relationship, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that they don't have a sexual relationship at all. I mean, in the she book. orgasms. But not because of, because like, sex her, reasons. Because he did his sex thing. Yeah. That's not a sex thing to you? Okay, it was a magic Someone, thing. Someone, like, it, making your body feel as though it's being touched and making you come is kind of a sex thing. So, are we naming this episode Beer Kisses? <laughs> or are we naming this episode... Magical orgasms. Oh, God. Sex magic. So, but, okay, so the way it was described is like a sleeping orgasm. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just comes on out of nowhere, and you're like, the fuck is happening to me? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, also, those, anyone that's listening, we're all readers, so we're probably not runners, but people have running orgasms. What the fuck is wrong with you? Are you okay, first off? I don't understand how you're running and then suddenly orgasm. Nothing in my body has ever said, nothing in my body has ever said, oh my God, you're running. You know what would be great right now is to orgasm. No, I'm dying. I can't breathe. My tits are in my chin. Everything sucks right now. My feet hurt. My legs hurt. Well, like, I like exercise. I don't like it that much. Not enough to orgasm. I don't understand. Like, okay, no, I do understand. Like, hormonal and adrenaline and all this stuff. Yeah. Serotonin, whatever. But is it because of the running or, like, rubbing up against each other? Like, or is it for something else? And your pants too tight. Do you have a camel toe? Because if you do, we need to reevaluate the size of pants you're wearing. We have questions. Anyways. (laughs) I like the progression of the story. I thought the characters, even though the physical descriptions weren't phenomenal for our main two. Okay. um, I was more interested in figuring out the magic hierarchy and how it's different because even though I've watched shows and read books where they're like vampires and magic and all this shit it's different every time you need a different author because it's not like one size fits all. There's not a rule where the magic has to be this, 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 and this. It's and not black and white. And your magic can be literally anything. Yeah. I mean, they just talk about the most common types of magic, mm-hmm. but you could as the author, you could make it into whatever you wanted and it wouldn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. So... I like that it was like that. I like that it was a type of magic I'd never seen before. Yeah. Oh, man. Which type of magic would you want? Oh, my God. What power do you want? Listen. Aside from the sex power, because that's just not a fair one to claim. <laughs> we can't choose that. We might think we can. 
Do I want to be all powerful like Mad Rogan? Well, but he that's has different kinds of power. That's too much. So you could be a pyrokinetic, you could be an aquakinetic, you could be a telekinetic, you could be... What's the electric one? If it's electrokinetic, I'm going to be really annoyed. It probably is. I don't think it is. <laughs> I would be okay with being like Nevada, but I want to know what all my powers are. You would want your parents to raise you better? I mean, yeah, but also not like a spoiled rotten prime. Yeah, I think that's difficult in this version. Yeah. Oh my god, what about the guy that talks to animals? When she Cornelius. goes to his house and all these little animals. I had to reread that second. I was like, did she just say a what now came down the stairs? A raccoon. A raccoon, a ferret, a, a like cat. rabbit, and a cat. A Himalayan cat. Yeah. Yes. I was like, wait, who just came down the stairs and they all have names? Yes. And he's like giving them instructions? Yeah. Okay, I think I want that to be able to speak to animals. And summon them. And relate to them. Because if you're a prime, you can summon. Yeah. I can't. Okay. If you were to have a magic, I would see you being as an animal mage. But I'd be like, all the animals need to come to me right now. <laughs> you would be really like, good. you'd be like fucking Snow White in a forest. Yeah. Just singing to the birds. I don't know that I'd want to be so powerful I could summon a pack of wolves. Okay. Because that sounds really scary. I mean. Because the idea is that you control them. But yeah. also, a pack of wolves sounds terrifying in and okay of that. itself. I like, I, I would be okay with that. They're so big, though. They are huge. They are so huge. I want to pet one without it biting my face off. Um, I would, I would probably have Nevada's power to be able to read minds and to control minds. I don't think I would want that. I think that's too much um, responsibility. And I teach children, and I do not want to know what they're thinking. I, that's fair. The lie detector part may be... But they're children, so they kind of just tell you whatever they want to tell you. Yeah, they are. You can read it on their faces. You don't have to have a lie detector to tell you that. It's a little bit different. I would do it just for my job. Like, last night I had to yell at a customer. He was like, I'm not living in it, ma'am. And I was like, okay, but... But you are, so... You brought brought your fucking dog and your cat here. Don't test me. Yeah. Um, So I would would have hers. Just because I'm an adult and I work with idiots who are also adults. I would do that one. Okay. Okay. That's, That's where I stand on that. So here's <sighs> here's my question. Sure. I feel like we're reaching the end of this discussion. Yeah. So my question to you is, would you continue the series? Um, I think I would because I am slightly invested in this almost romantical relationship. Okay. Because if someone gives you an orgasm and leaves, that's like really rude. <laughs> You're really hung up on that, I that just, magical orgasm. I don't orgasm. understand how that works. It's like frustrating. But also because I'm intrigued because I think, I've always told you this, that I feel like I'm <laughs> a person that could fall in love with, like, anybody. Yeah. And that plays right into this Mad Rogan love fest here. Yeah. I mean, like, but he's so, like, caring, actually. Like, he's just <laughs> hard on the outside. Like, that's definitely a me mentality, and okay. it's a really terrible one to grow up with. Mad like, Rogan. Everyone gets ten tra- like chances. Mad Rogan is like a cinnamon roll. Like, he's soft and gooey in the center, and he just needs someone to understand him. And you're right, he does need cuddles. Right. Like, like desperately. Yeah. And I he, just, I don't know. It's one of those things where you want to fix people all the time, and yeah. he's the kind of person that, even though he appeared to not need the fixing, you still want to do does, it. He does, because you're like, but why are you like this? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, my own personal problem. <laughs> you like to fix everybody that you can. And everything. Like, it's yeah. not even just people. No, it's everything. It's 
it's okay. We it's still love so you. Not. We still love you. Um, so should we do ratings? Uh, yeah. Okay. Are you going first or am I going first this time? Let, you go first. I have to pull my rating up. Oh, you already have it prepared. As if I haven't rated this book before, because like I said, I read this earlier this year. Okay. I'm going to go high. <gasps> I can't wait. I'm going to go with a solid four. Oh, that's exciting because I gave it a 4.5. Oh, hey. But this is already one of your like big deal books. Yes. This is one of my favorite books. So I'm going to go with a solid four. Um, The only reason it's not getting any higher than that is because of the frustrational problems I had with the description. Okay. And I know that's a me problem, but this is my rating. So, <laughs> And you're allowed your opinion. Yeah. And you're allowed and to say I what you really want. I really liked the storyline. I liked trying to figure out the new magic things. I liked that there was kind of this love triangle, and it was with two bad boys, and that's really fine with me. Yeah. I gave it a 4.5. Because right. I fucking love the magic system. Yes. I'm a big fantasy reader, so it just made the most sense to me. It wasn't confusing to me at all. Good. I love the family dynamic. Uh-huh. Because it's kind of rare to have a family dynamic like that in a romance of any kind. Yes. Regardless of whatever subgenre in romance it is. Um, and I, I just was so happy when I finished it. Yeah. Like, I was, I was pretty stoked. Yeah. So, um, I haven't finished my reread yet because I'm going real slow because I'm having a rough time right now and I'm enjoying life so things are a little weird I mean that's just how life is and that's how it is but yeah 4.5 out of 5 stars okay. one of my favorite books solid yeah solid very books. solid uh, what do we got next let's see here um just start closing and the next time you hear from us we'll be discussing The Hating Game by Sally Thorne which is going to be I think an interesting conversation between us two okay um, but we always try to leave with some kind of tidbit of information. So today we're going to leave you with a quote that we saw on a truck. We were really excited about this. It was real. It's not good. We're going to warn you in advance. But this quote said, a man is not a financial plan. First of all, solid advice. Solid. Second, very inspirational. Third, I mean, they're right. And fourth, thank you, Gold Ford F-150 for that little piece of information. It was just such a big sticker. It was great. They meant it. They really did. They wanted people to know. Anyways, we're leaving you with that little piece of advice, and we hope to, you know, enthrall you next time (laughs) with the hating game. So good luck to us. Bye. Bye.